founded and got their first customer in 2017. They've raised less than $3 million, currently doing about 50, north of 50 grand per month in revenue. That's doing you know between five and 10 customers who pay on average between 10 and 50 grand per month. It's too early to talk about things like, uh, like churn. They have less than a year kind of cohort there, but scaling quickly, 20 folks on the team based between Houston and other remote locations around the country, willing to spend on the low end, you know, five grand all the way up to 50 grand in, in CAC. Uh, payback period there is obviously fairly rapid with 10 to 50K per month uh, contract values. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Luther Birdzell. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, data scientist, and engineer passionate about energy efficiency, AI, and self-service machine learning. From boardrooms to oil fields to data centers, he's been building tools that transform data from a cost to asset for from cost to asset for over 20 years. He founded Oil and Gas Analytics in 2013 to build an AI and self-service machine learning platform for the oil and gas industry. Luther, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. So oil and gas plus software. Typically, you don't hear these things combining, which means maybe you found a gold mine here. So what's the company do and how do you make money? So um, just real quick, uh, you know, my, my background is electrical engineering, as you noted. And you know, for the past 20 years, I've been building software to make uh, data more valuable to subject matter experts. Coming out of my last company uh, in 2013, the, it was very clear to me that AI and machine learning were the most valuable technologies for increasing the value of existing data. Uh, oil and gas was the fastest growing area of the U.S. economy at the time. Which, which year was that? Oh, uh, the oil and gas industry was the fastest growing area. No, no, what, what year was that? Oh, excuse me, 2013. So, <clears throat> um, you know, quickly came into focus. So that, that helped bring the op- – those just kind of high-level economics helped bring this opportunity into focus – and as we kind of started to peel back the onion a little bit, well planning optimization and forecasting the wells pre-drill um, was the area that we thought we could benefit or we could you know, affect the most change, the most benefit uh, with AI and machine learning. And if we look at the oil and gas industry, Nathan, about $500 billion of cash is spent every year uh, in the upstream you know, part of um, – betting on wells that hopefully succeed right and 90 percent of that 500 billion is spent 30 days pre-drill to 30 days post-drill so it's essentially you know it's the planning and the execution of these wells and then the remaining 10 percent is spent over the the remaining 20 to 30 year life of the well on you know various things with production so we started in the most capitally intensive part of a very capitally intensive industry and are consistently finding over 10% optimization opportunities in less than three months with the companies we're working with. So on a per well basis, these are ways to change the wells uh, to either reduce cost and get the same amount of oil out or keep costs the same and get more oil out. And we're identifying insights to save 
see, five to ten percent of cost per well, um, which is you know four hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand to a million dollars per well. Um, it's there's a lot of capital we can. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's, so, so Luther, let me. Let me dive. Let me dive in here. So, is there? Are you installing any hardware that you own at at each of these sites? No. Okay. Not, not you, today. You're just essentially analyzing data that's already captured, applying some pattern matching to it, AI machine learning to better forecast. Yeah. So, so our tool, Nathan, our product, the Insights Workflow, is cloud-based data management, advanced analytics, and insight visualization that was purpose-built for geologists, geophysicists, and petroleum engineers to be able to reduce data management time from days to minutes, to be able to create world-class machine learning models in less than five minutes without having to write a single line of code, and then to be able to challenge and understand those machine learning models and kind of, you know, the computer's analysis through the lens of physics and their experience. That's critical for industries like oil and gas and then to be able to visualize those insights in a form that directly ties to improved capital allocation in these very large drilling programs. Got it. Yep. No. Okay, good. I understand the product now. Give me a sense of your revenue model. How do you make money? So we're, we're a SaaS model. Okay. Um, monthly the, fee, pure play. Yeah, monthly fee to access our web-based software. Uh, for our customers, there's no hardware to buy. Um, there's no new people to hire. Okay. Uh, no software to install and maintain on the desktop. Um, what's the average, what's the average customer paying per month? So I can get a sense of your kind of, you know, mid market or enterprise. So <clears throat> we're working with companies that I'm going to answer a different question first. We're working with companies that don't have any drilling rigs yet. So these are, you know, PE backed kind of startup oil companies that are looking for land to companies running one to two drilling rigs, you know, small programs all the way up to some of the largest independents that are running over 20 drilling rigs across multiple basins. So our software scales and across that, you know, really almost the whole spectrum of the market, um, you know, those monthly fees range, say, you know, the, the monthly licensing cost, it ranges from about 10 to 50K a month. Okay, got it. And, and so here's a question I've got for you, right? Once they drill the thing, why do they keep, I mean, do you have a churn problem? Don't, can't they stop using you once they solve the 30 days before drilling and 30 days after drilling and you do your, the biggest kind of impact you have is in that period? Well, optimization is continuous improvement. So we drill, we learn more from the data we already have. Then we go do some things differently. The only thing you're guaranteed, Nathan, when you drill an oil well is data. Yeah, my point is though, if someone drills on and they don't drill more, do they still have a use for your platform? So, no, they'd be out of business. So they or, have to they have to keep drilling in order to. Well, well, they this wouldn't necessarily be out of business, right? If they can go they can go down one drill and drill that for a year or two, right? Yeah, it's not really the way the industry works because of the way the land leases are set up. You have to continue to drill to, uh, or otherwise your leases become in, uh, get invalidated. Okay. Right? So, so if I'm leasing land to you and you just drill one well. Well, there's all that revenue. I only get the revenue. You know, that lease is based on the revenue generated by the wells in that lease. So as the leaseholder, or as a lease owner, as a landowner, when I lease, I want to make sure that you're going to drill enough wells uh, for this to make economic sense for me, the landowner. Okay. So what, what is that number? What does your churn look like today? So 
churn. I, I mean, we're defining churn as people who've signed up who then cancel subscriptions. Yeah, well, I mean, these are like SaaS economics, right? Churn is one of the bigger ones, right? Which is, again, they're paying today. They don't pay tomorrow, right? This month versus next month. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, of the companies who we have signed up in annual contracts, all of them are still in those annual contracts. And well, has uh, there been a renewal period yet? Or are they still less than 12 months old? No, we have. They're still at the... We're getting to our first, we're approaching our first renewals and it's looking very good. That's great. So when, when did you launch the company? Was it less than a year ago? So we launched our go to market in early 2007, Q1 of 2017. Um, you know, we did a couple years of R and D and then through the downturn, um, you know, things just slowed down. So, uh, we continued to focus on R and D and improving and keeping things alive. And, uh, we went to market in the uh, beginning of 2017 signed up our first three customers by the middle of 17 and we're you know progressing forward there and what are you at now today in terms of total customers uh we're still a private company nathan it's uh we're we're between we're between five and ten okay got it so again this is very much like a high touch model these is this isn't like a high volume no touch model so it's you're having to get on a call. I mean, this is a sales process. It's it's not like they just go to a website, they never talk to anybody, and they start paying you 10 grand a month. Yep. I was going to say, on, on the spectrum of SaaS software for like, go in, swipe a credit card, and it's like, you know, 10 to 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month to, you know, enterprise software that's delivered through a SaaS model, we're closer to the enterprise software delivered through a SaaS model, uh, which, you know, that's, it's the right fit for this, solving this problem for this industry it, it's the right fit. Um, and, and on that delivery model, it's actually a critically important part of making our customers successful is that we have staffed, our consultants are all, have all worked for oil companies. They have degrees in geology, geophysics, and petroleum engineering. And in a bunch of cases, advanced degree, you know, masters and PhDs, they are also data scientists. And they're full-time with you, Luther, on your payroll? Yes, they are. Okay. Those individuals work with our users, the geologists, geophysicists, and petroleum engineers in the oil companies on a peer-to-peer basis. And we've proven that's the right model for this industry. Our, my hypothesis is that the more AI and machine learning are rolled out in the industrial sector. So this is using these enabling technologies to affect relatively few, very high cost or high consequence decisions. Um, requires kind of delivering, enabling the capabilities on a peer-to-peer basis with the subject matter experts. The model centers around that fundamentally, you know, it's man plus machine is better than man or machine, right? So geologists, geophysicists, petroleum engineers who are applying AI and machine learning to their uh, functions are outperforming the, the, uh, their peers who can't. That's a very different thing. You know, Google, like search, social media, retail, entertainment. Google did three and a half billion searches yesterday. Yeah, Luther, sorry. Before we get too far away from your consultant model, I want to understand the scale of that. So how many folks are on the team today full-time? Six people full-time in consulting. Okay, okay. But what about the total team size? Total team is 20. You cut out there. Sorry, total team is 20? Total team is 20, yes. Got it. 20 and then six of them. And then what are the rest? What are the other 14? Are they engineers? software engineers and you know bit of management all in houston uh no we're uh about half the teams in houston and what i saw work really really well for the first five to ten software engineering hires 
in my last company was the founders focused on getting the absolute best talent they could anywhere in the world. And only as we got bigger, did we start hiring for the, the home office? Um, I've you know, kind of replicated John and Rustin's, uh, model there. And, uh, our software developers and engineers, some of whom I've worked with for you know 15 years, others for 10 years, um, are spread mostly among different cities in the U.S. Got it. So Houston and other remote locations. And you know, Luther, have you bootstrapped this, or have you decided to raise capital? Uh, so I bootstrapped the initial part uh, of R and D, 13, early 14, and then we've raised capital uh, from angel investors. We are planning to go to uh, the market in Q4 to do a, uh, a Series A. Okay. Um, oh, great. I want to I talk more about that in a second. Um, how much have you raised so far from angels? So again, you know, private company, uh, kind of sensitive about disclosing that. Uh, you know, the rates we've raised, the money we've raised over the past five years is less than $3 million. Okay. Got it. Fair enough. Um, and then why go out and raise more capital? What would you use it for? Uh, accelerating sales. Uh, accelerating hiring of sales and the consultants we need to deliver on sales ahead of revenue. We're at the point now, we've built the technology, we've proven park product market fit, we've you know really built out the whole team, everything's positioned to scale. Um, it's, it's the thing venture, venture capitalists like having conversations about really just add money and start selling a lot more. So we can return a lot, you know, we can return a huge, uh, a huge, uh, we can provide a huge return to our current investors as well as the investors in this next round by bringing in capital to hire uh, more sales and professional services ahead of revenue. So, so do you have any salesperson right now where you've tested the model on to, to measure things like what should quota be and what's ramp up period? Yes, we do. And we are, we've started a search for a chief sales officer um, who will help accelerate that process even more. Um, you know, I've, was very involved in sales. I didn't run sales, but I was very involved in it in my last company. Uh, John, my COO, uh, has you know done a lot of sales functions in the oil and gas industry. Um, so between the two of us, we've gotten the business this far and are being very thoughtful about bringing in uh, or expanding the management team um, with uh, with a senior sales executive who uh, you know who can help even more. Since you've tested this, you know, with one salesperson, even though you're still looking for the senior guy, I mean, when you look at what your fully weighted CAC is to bring on one of these new folks, these new customers, what are you willing to what are you willing to spend up to to acquire one of these new ten thousand or fifty thousand dollar a month customers? Um, you know, Nathan, that there's still a pretty broad range around that. You know, a Houston customer has a pretty different cost than an out of town customer. Um, it, we're still figuring that out. Um, you know, our low, I'll give, I'll try and give you a range again. Um, say, you know, our lowest cost of bringing in a customer so far has probably been in like the 5k range total. It's happening very quickly, local customer, um, on the outside, uh, we haven't invested more than 50 yet in bringing a customer on board. And those costs, are those typically just tied to the salesperson or where else are those costs going? So it's, you know, the, the obvious one, it's cost of the people, cost of the resources who are conducting the meetings with the customers. Um, and that's both a salesperson, a sales executive, as well as the technical kind of pre-sales support, um, along with the travel. Mm-hmm. Yep, that and makes sense. Those are, those are the main costs that we're looking at there. Um, 
So, yeah. What do you, uh, you mentioned, I, I believe you said you brought your first paying co- a customer on in 2017. It was all R&D before that. Um, if, you've, if you have more than 12 months of data at this point, what do you, if you don't mind me asking, what are you guys growing at right now year over year? So, you know, first year growth is, is kind of difficult to measure, right? You go from zero to something, it's infinite. Um, we are targeting, we're on track to do over 300% growth this in 2018, and uh, believe we can continue that growth rate through 19 as well. Okay, so 300, 300% year-over-year growth. If you take total July, uh, sorry, total 2017 revenue, you think you'll do at least triple that here in 2018. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, to- yeah. 2018, we'll do more than triple of what we did in 2017. Yes. Yep. And then look, we can back into some minimums here, right? So you said between five and 10 customers, if we assume the minimum of five, and then you said between 10 and 50 grand a month in revenue, if we assume a minimum of the minimum of 10 that you gave five times 10, you guys are doing north of 50 grand a month at this point. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, we have more than 50 K a month in revenue. Um, yes, that is. Great. All right. And then uh, let's wrap up here, uh, Luther, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Zero to one, Peter Thiel. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, no, there's not one in particular. There, there's several, um, but there's not one really in particular who's in focus there. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? <sighs> um, I, got, I mean, right at this point, I'd say Zoho. Our, which we're using for our CRM, um, that's uh, that's a real core part of uh, of how we're forecasting future revenue, and um, yeah, that's sort of where the growth is, right? Great. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five to seven. Okay, good. So we'll call it six there on average. And, and what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Married. I have my two year anniversary coming up uh, next week. Great. No kids yet? Not yet. All right. And how old are you, Luther? 41. 41. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? To dive into a startup sooner. Uh, wish I hadn't. I wish I was more resilient about not getting talked out of reasons to start a business uh, before I was 35. Oil and gas analytics. There you guys have it from Luther. Founded and got their first customer in 2017. They've raised less than $3 million. Currently doing about 50, north of 50 grand per month in revenue. That's doing, you know, between five and 10 customers who pay on average between 10 and 50 grand per month. It's too early to talk about things like, uh, like churn. They have less than a year kind of cohort there, but scaling quickly. 20 folks on the team based between Houston and other remote locations around the country willing to spend on the low end, you know, five grand all the way up to 50 grand in, in CAC. Uh, payback period there is obviously fairly rapid with 10 to 50K per month uh, contract values. Luther, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Yeah, thank you, Nathan.